remember when Sergei Bobrovsky was considered overpaid, an albatross on the Florida roster, and this was only like just a couple months ago. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Panthers one, Hurricanes zero. Bob does it again, this time with the egg. He was outstanding yet again, flashing. I don't even know where to start. Everything. It's not just that he, everyone's talking about his blocker now because he's made a bunch of blocker saves, but he's doing everything. He's taking away the lower part of the net. He's standing tall, making sure that nobody's cheating and picking corners on him. Uh, there's, there's nothing Carolina could do more. All of the metrics through the first three games, all of them favor the Canes. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because when you get into playoffs, as I say all the time, there's no greater variable than the hotness of your own goaltender. And you know what, my friends? For as often as that's said, it doesn't get said anywhere near often enough that the hotness of your own goaltender largely depends on, duh, the caliber, the ceiling of that goaltender. Almost never will you see a goaltender of modest means become that guy. It's usually going to be someone like a Bob who's underachieved, who's underwhelmed through certain phases of his career, who's run into the Penguins a little bit too often and just kind of freaked out at the sight of them for whatever reason. Bob always had the talent. He's got two Vezina trophies. He's always had the ability, just couldn't put it all together when it mattered, whether that was in Philadelphia, Columbus, even in Sunrise. But now, now look at him. And yeah, you know where I'm going with this subject, because whoever the new GM is in Pittsburgh, their number one challenge, not necessarily the number one priority, the first chronological priority is clearing cap space, but the number one challenge will be to find a goaltender who has that ability, even if they haven't shown it to date. And the question from there, of course, is, is Tristan Jari that guy? We can all have our uh, last stinky impression of him. We're all entitled to that. I'm no exception to it, believe me. Last I saw him was in Columbus, after that final game, sitting there complaining about how he was hurt more than people wanted to believe or whatever that nonsense was. But I've also been there, and so have you, when he's been tremendous, when he's looked at times like one of the two or three best in the league. Not an exaggeration, no hype. I can pull out numbers to prove it. It's over certain periods, and it's under certain circumstances Everything's got to be going exactly right, and he's got to be feeling exactly right, but it happens. And when it happens, it's hard to ignore. It's hard to forget. If you're that GM and you're watching these playoffs and it's just a reinforcement for you that you don't achieve anything 
without this type of goaltending, not in the games and not in the series that matter, then you're really up against it. Because if you don't bring Jari back, let's be clear on this part. Someone's going to sign him, and someone's going to sign him at a rate that probably will be one that will at least have some people here questioning as to whether or not he should have been kept at that rate. I don't know what exactly the figures would be. It's not going to be, and I've been repeating this for a while now, you're not going to see the eight, nine million dollar goaltenders in the NHL very much anymore. That happened in a, in a wave there where Andre Vasilevsky got paid, Bob got paid, a couple others, but you're not going to see that other than like maybe for a Connor Hellebuck. Once he's he's got another year still in Winnipeg, we'll see if he stays. That's another story. But in Pittsburgh, that decision's got to be made by this new GM, and it's got to be made this summer. It's got to be made before the draft because you're not going on that draft floor wondering who your goaltender is. You're not going to be allowing him to just walk out in free agency without having all kinds of plans to either sign him or to replace him. Can't be guessing at that position or everything else that you do is a waste. So what do you do? What do you do? (laughs) If you're waiting for me to have the answer on this one, you're going to be disappointed because I don't have it. I would have... I would have been exactly one of those people two, three months ago who would have said the Panthers are never going anywhere as long as they're tied to Bob. Why? Because Bob never got it done. Bob can't can't do anything. Bob wilts under whatever. Try whatever other guy you've got in the fold to try to take advantage of all this other talent that you've got in Sunrise. And obviously, I would have been dead wrong. They stuck with... To an extent, they I mean they they had Bob sit. They had other people getting the starting job and everything else here. And I don't even know that entering these playoffs, that the Panthers were completely convinced that they were going to ride Bob. But nobody, nobody would have doubted the skill level. Nobody would have doubted what he's capable of doing. Goaltenders are tough. You know, there's a reason they don't go first overall in the draft with very, very few exceptions like a Marc-Andre Fleury. There's a reason that scouts, no matter how much they see of a young goaltender on and off the ice and try to get to know them, get to know their personalities, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Goaltenders are a, are a different breed of human, let alone a different breed of athlete. They just are. And I'll tell you right now that if there's anybody at all associated with the operation of the Panthers who claims that they saw this coming lying through their teeth. So how do you make the decision? Do you make the decision whether or not to keep someone, to pay them, to extend them based on what their ceiling is talent-wise and just say, we're going to ride out all the rough patches because we know that this individual can get us there if this individual ever does get it together? Do you do that? And if you're the Penguins, do you do that knowing you've got a pretty finite window, you know, to be able to compete or contend for anything? Wow, man. (sighs) Wouldn't want that job, I'll tell you that. I wouldn't mind being somebody's GM, but I wouldn't want that part of that job when we come back J1Q.
Today's J1Q comes from Jake Sutton, who says, Hey, DK, I know you've been critical about Kyle Dubas's end-of-the-season press conference, and I do agree with you that he looked exhausted and done. But he's a guy who's invested, and I feel the Penguins can use a guy like that around here who actually cares and even shows up, unlike ownership. So maybe that finishing press conference was actually a good thing. You know, Jake, this is going to be a matter of nothing other than how you or I perceive the situation, how you perceive the position. And maybe in my case, the the way I've dealt with GMs in Pittsburgh over the years and who they've been and how they've carried themselves, uh, I still see Craig Patrick all the time. He's in the press box. I always make my way over there to say hello to the man. Hall of Fame GM, uh, living legend, even at the time he was actively the GM here. And he carried himself a certain way. And there's a there's a, a, a toughness. There's a, a hardness that comes with that role. And you'll see GMs get uh, angry. You'll see them get upset. You'll see them get emotional. But you don't see it that often. You certainly don't see it as often as we were being shown Kyle Dubas being that way in Toronto. Now, in fairness, he's got cameras all over him every single time the Maple Leafs either scored a goal or gave up one or there was a penalty. They'd have to show his animated expressions. But you know what something funny is? I I go back to uh, what trade was this? It was a big, big trade that Craig made that he didn't want to make where he picked up this Swedish winger. You guys are going to end up reminding me, but I'm live and I'm not going to be able to pull it off. It was one of those combo trades whenever he had to get rid of a bunch of people. And the Penguins went and played a game in New Jersey right after that. This was at the old Meadowlands. And I'm covering the game in the press box. Craig is sitting about four seats to my right. And I'd written some pretty critical things about this trade. Not so much from his standpoint, but from upper management, the fact that they couldn't afford to keep the player that they sent out. It might have been Alexei Kovalev. And the Penguins get off to this fabulous start. They, they were up like 3 nothing or 4 nothing in the first period. And Craig's just super fired up, but he stands up in a press box, and he's pointing to the ice, and he points over in my direction and says, who thought this wasn't going to be a good deal? Who thought? Whatever. And I'm like... Uh, okay. But he could be like that too. So I'm trying to give Dubas a little bit of a pass here because if Craig could do that, Craig Patrick could do that. I don't know that I've ever shared this story with anybody, but if if Craig could do that, then anybody could. And if the camera had been on Craig there in the devil's arena showing Craig pointing in my direction and doing that, we would have all thought differently about Craig, right? So, look, I'm not going to bury Dubas over one press conference. I'm not going to bury Dubas over losing in Toronto because if you were to do that to anybody who's ever been in Toronto, that would be a pretty big burial ground. 
I'm just saying that I felt like it was a red flag, and Brendan Shanahan thought it was more than a red flag since it's the primary reason that he ended up firing him the very same week. So it's definitely a factor. I'm not suggesting it's the be-all and end-all of everything. I can't believe I just shared that Craig story. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow, assuming Craig doesn't come and find me.